everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Okay, guys. This is going to be a great episode. I'm just warning you right now. If you think talking about money is tough, difficult, try talking about dying or death or your dead husband. Yes. And I know that sounds insensitive, but guess what? We're, we have on Nora McNerney today and she has been doing just that for the last four years. She's written three books about it all. She's also started a podcast that if you haven't heard it yet, get excited because you have a treat waiting for you. It's called Terrible Thanks for Asking or TTFA for those in the know. <laughs> and it is a delight. The editing is so good. The stories are so good. Nora is so good. She even makes commercials fun to listen to. I am not kidding you. I could go on fangirling about her all day, but she's here with us today. today. So let's just go ahead and welcome her to the show. Hi, Nora. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of thank you course. For being thank you here. for taking the time out of your schedule to come on our podcast because I know you are going to drop some wisdom and can't wait. Yes. I'm ready. Let's right. let's drop it. <laughs> I love it. Yes, and for those of you, or for those who might not be as familiar with Nora, um, if you could please provide just like a, a small brief summary and timeline of you know when Aaron was diagnosed and how long he was sick for and all of that, and just give some, I guess. Background. Oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> I know that's okay, not so a small. <laughs> I always tell everybody if you want an elevator speech from me, I hope you're ready to ride the Willy Wonka elevator uh, because. <laughs> Who knows where we're going to go? Who knows how long it will take? But your grandparents' mortgage hangs in the balance. So uh, I met Aaron in uh, 2010. So mm-hmm. I, I realized like you were going deep. Okay. It yeah. also feels like this was five minutes ago, but this was a whole different decade apparently. Yeah. So yeah. we met, uh, we met almost, almost 10 years ago and Crazy. I was in my late twenties. I just moved back to Minnesota. People who, exist in and around the Midwest know that when you are 27 in the Midwest and a woman um, and you're not married yet, mm, man, oh man, it feels like, <laughs> feels like maybe it will never happen. And now you're I look back at that at and that think, point, huh? oh my it's God, like what are you thinking? <laughs> it is. My dad, my dad said to me when I was 25, when I was your age, I had two children and I, I was like, well, well yep. congratulations, Steve, good for you. So <laughs> I'd moved back home to Minneapolis. It was going to be temporary. I was just, you know, shaking off a bad, a bad breakup in New York, and then I could return to that city. And uh, instead, I, I met a boy, and he was wonderful and funny and perfect. It was just one of those 
like the, the most annoying story that people could possibly tell you, which is like the minute I wasn't looking, I met him and he was great. And on our second date, he said he wanted to be a stay at home dad. And we talked about how many kids we wanted to have. And we told each other about our families and talked about all the things that you're you know, not supposed to talk about uh, when, when a relationship is new, we just jumped right into it. And mm-hmm. he was so fun. He was so alive. He made everything feel like it was a party. And a year after we met, we um, we spent our first anniversary, official anniversary, in the emergency room because Aaron had had a seizure at work and they were trying to figure out what it was. And he and I were so young and so happy. We thought, oh my gosh, why are you making such a big deal out of this? It's a seizure. Let us go home. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween. We have to do, you know, first time couple things like handing out candy. This is really <laughs> crucial stuff. And they kept him at the hospital because um, they they had given him an MRI and they discovered a brain tumor mm. in um, the front right part of his brain. You would think after all of this medical, uh, being around all this medical stuff, I would have mm. maybe a better vocabulary. No, I, the right front of his <laughs> brain, the right front. and um, <laughs> That's what people and, can understand. That's what's important. Exactly. The right front. It was right above his right uh, above his right eye, and they had to take it out right away. So wow. that night, I asked him to marry me in his hospital bed, oh. and uh, and you know, four days later, they had taken the tumor out, and a month after that, to the day we got married, oh. and we we had been told what the diagnosis was. We knew that it was a stage four glioblastoma. Mm -hmm. I Googled it once and I saw that the life expectancy was three to five years. And I told Aaron's doctors never to bring that up again. We both walked into his first oncology appointment and said, we don't ever want to talk numbers. We don't want to get a timeline. We just want to be alive while we're alive and have Mm -hmm. the time we have. And we really did, I think, a good job at that. Our marriage was just so good and mm-hmm. and fun and normal. Like I still got annoyed with him when he wouldn't take out the garbage, like, you know, before <laughs> I asked him to. Like it's you know, I, I, I there's sort of this um this uh sense I think of of mythologizing a relationship when it ends, especially in death. And I, I do that and I also know it it was that good. It just was that good. Even even the bad parts were really really good. Mm-hmm. So Aaron was sick for three years. We had a son together, um, uh, Ralph. So we, mm-hmm. Aaron went along, you know, was so brave to say, yes, I will have this child with you knowing that I probably won't get to see him grow up. And I mm-hmm. will be so thankful for him for the rest of my life for that. And yeah. Um, yeah, so he was, he was sick for three years and he died in 2014, and it feels absolutely bonkers to say that. Um, right. It's because crazy in some to ways, me that it was that long ago. Because I mean, I yeah, don't, I don't know you, know you. I just feel like an. I mean, I did. I was lucky enough to get to meet Nora at a book signing here in LA once. I should say that. So, but I. It's not like it's not like we're best friends like we are in my mind. <laughs> so it does, it's crazy that it was five years ago. Um, and so much has happened since then. Tell us about that. Catch us up on that part. Um, so much has happened. <laughs> I, uh, you know, first I had just a real, a solid good breakdown, which I recommend if you are really mm-hmm. in the throes of grief, don't fight it. I tried to fight it, but the signs were all there. I quit my job. 
which is not recommended if you are now a single mom uh, with a lot of medical debt and a mortgage. Mm-hmm. But I figured it out, and I um I I wrote a book about uh, our experience called "It's Okay to Laugh, Crying Is Cool Too," and I started the podcast "Terrible Thanks for Asking." I was just doing whatever I could to try to make sense of the stuff that was going on within me that was so hard to articulate. And Mm -hmm. I was really lucky to have a very good friend, Lindsay Wenner. She was one of Aaron's friends that he had told me when he was dying, he he said to me, Lindsay will be here. Lindsay will stay. And, you know, she, she really did. And one of the things that Aaron had wanted to do when he was sick was to create this organization that Lindsay and I run now called Still Kickin'. And when Aaron had that seizure in, and was rushed to the hospital, I walk in and he's wearing this, this thrift store t-shirt. It's Kelly green. It's really faded. The letters are all cracked and it says still kicking. It's homemade. It looks like it was probably made for somebody's uncle's hundredth birthday. And <laughs> um, it was a t-shirt he never let me borrow because I was too sweaty. Still am. <laughs> he was like, just do, you can't, this one's too sweaty too special. We thought it was so funny that he was wearing that shirt, still kicking um, in the hospital. But we realized, you know, as soon as we entered sort of the big machine that is cancer and and illness and going to hospitals that we were lucky. We were lucky, uh, even with Aaron's terrible diagnosis, we were lucky that we had family and friends who were ready and willing and able to pool their resources to help us. And not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. Not everybody gets seen and supported through their hard thing. And Aaron had wanted to replicate that shirt and just give the money to people, give it away. And, and it's, it's 2014 sounds in some ways so recent, but it, 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 uh, or when he got sick was 2011, 2012, the internet, uh, e-commerce, it was much harder to do. Yeah. We, it was, it was not as turnkey, right. As like, Oh, set mm-hmm. up a Squarespace, set up a yeah. Shopify. It wasn't. <laughs> right. And so we had sort of, you know, um, sat on that idea. And after he died, we were able to make it a reality. So still kicking is, is, is now four going on five years old and we sell those shirts and we host events and we provide unrestricted financial grants to people who are going through hard things. So um, sometimes that's cancer. Sometimes it's illness. Sometimes it's um, a chronic illness. It's a sick kid. It's, it's, there's just so many things Mm -hmm. that can go wrong in life. And there's, you know, I think a slightly outdated statistic now that most Americans don't have, it's either four or five hundred dollars saved for an emergency, like liquid mm-hmm. cash that they can uh, that they can access. And I I was ashamed to say, and now I'm not, but that we were those people. We didn't have any yeah. money saved. We were 27. We were 31. We were living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of that was stupid decisions, and and we just thought, you know what. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save eventually, eventually we'll, we'll have some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, safety net and it didn't happen. And we, but you know, we had, we had family, we had friends, mm-hmm. we did get that safety net and so many people do not. And that's and the reality have, of, um, did, did he have insurance? Did he have a good insurance? Um, he did, he had a good health insurance uh-huh. through his employer, which, and his employer was so kind and, you know, a lot of your, you know, 
a lot of your life and not just your, the fact of your survival, but the quality of your life and your family's life depends on insurance and depends on your finances. Right. And Aaron's company kept him insured, even though it was he working full time. Uh, they were kind to say yes, but no. Yeah. And and, it, and that comes down to just the individual choices for a company. Yeah, we are very, very lucky that right. he worked where he worked and that he worked with the kind of people he worked with because not everybody has that. Right. Um, life insurance? Uh, no. no. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't married when he got sick. Right. He had, you know, whatever little uh, plan you pay five cents for through mm-hmm. your employer. Right. Um, and, and, and that was helpful, but it was... It, that goes fast. Yeah, that goes very fast when you're yeah. talking about, you know, paying for two brain surgeries. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it's just money was not even a thing that I, I thought of in, in any way other than I knew when my next paycheck would come. And I yeah. knew that once it arrived, it would be gone. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I just know that um, so many people are ashamed of that. And so mm-hmm. many people are embarrassed by that. And, you you shouldn't be you shouldn't no. be honestly our economy is one that makes very few people very 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 wealthy mm-hmm. and then the rest of us are sort of led to to believe that it is a hundred percent personal responsibility and there is that I was very irresponsible and now I'm much more responsible but it it really it's it's a very difficult system to navigate as just mm-hmm. a human being yeah. who is not who does not have some sort of generational or institutional wealth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did um, his illness and death affect your financial situation? So, huh. <laughs> we, <laughs> you, quit, you said you quit uh, your bad, job. Poorly, not good badly, <laughs> yeah, badly. That was not good. But you know, when Aaron was sick, we ended up um, we ended up losing the house that he had bought. Um, mm-hmm. It was you know a mortgage that he got uh, right before the financial crisis and. Um, it was completely upside down, sideways under, you know, a a ton of water. And we moved into a house that my parents owned, which again is, is so lucky for us, but that's a, that's a humbling thing to, Mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, 30 and, and having a child and, and, uh, and going from, you know, owning a house, even though, I mean, do you really owe it, own it if you owe more than it's worth? And uh, to then living in, you know, your in-laws uh, rental house that also mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to sell. We, um, we did have a child, we did uh, enter a uterine insemination, IUI. So for all the um, uh, fertility uh, people out there, uh, that's the cheapest option. And we had seen the price of IVF. And even though statistically that was going to be a better bet for us, like we looked at each other and we're like, uh, no, we're having a kid in a pool of more debt. We, um, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive to be sick. It's very expensive to be sick. And we, even after Aaron died, we did not have, we were living, we were living paycheck to paycheck. Um, somebody had set up a, an online fundraiser when Aaron entered hospice that kept me float that gave me the time and the space to be able to stop showing up to my job and eventually lose that job. 
<laughs> Did I quit or was I asked to leave? Who knows? It was a confusing <laughs> time. <laughs> they had, they had, you know, they had pointed out I had not showed up and that was true. I had not gone back. <laughs> I, details, you know, details. I, details, details. Like I will eventually. I just don't want to and I don't sleep and I can't, you know, put mm-hmm. a sentence together. And if you just let me do my job for three hours in the middle of the night, I think we could find an arrangement. But, um, <laughs> You know, we, I, I was a person who I think everything now on the outside looks very fancy that I'm a published author and I have, you know, a, a, a very successful podcast and mm-hmm. it is very fancy, trust me. But also, <laughs> um, this is, uh, it, it, it is, it is recent and I'm still a person who mm-hmm. watches every, who knows every single cent that they've spent on everything. Yeah. Who's, well, who's, but uh, that's a big change yeah. from how you you weren't even dealing or facing any of it right after his death no, right no and no, so no 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 and I was uh, another grief thing as I take over your interview is <laughs> mon- is spending money is yeah. you know, I, I see this yeah. a lot with people who are grieving which is mm-hmm. you know like oh, I mean you know what's the worst that can happen I'm poor now <laughs> um, or well my you know I just went through this terrible thing so I deserve this and yeah. it's a nice distraction it's instant gratification which is the best kind of gratification <laughs> and it's it's so common it's yeah. so 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 common and then there's shame around that too um right. because you know well oh I mean is she is she really struggling I mean she's buying all these things and it's like well um you know you're the crazy thing about America is you can spend money you don't have exactly <laughs> like, nobody it's, it's crazy they'll let you do it they have no problem <laughs> they, they uh, encourage you to do it they love it they love it yes. yes like you know my credit card was like you do deserve this you do I yes. swear it was talking to me so um so I'm curious, I know at one time you were partnered with you need the You Need a Budget app. Did they approach you or did oh, yeah. you approach them? <laughs> I think that I begged them uh, to work with me. So I, um, the, the interesting, I, I'm now, you know, I think I skipped this part of my story, but I am now remarried and I am mm-hmm. remarried to a divorced dad. So we have this blended family of four children and four is more than one. I have to tell you, uh, it just, it's, it's a lot more. Um, it costs more. They eat more. They take up more space. They do have so many more activities. Yes. And Matt, Matthew, who's my, my current husband, he uh, was such a budgeter, you know, and knew, you know, we knew, knew where all of his money was going. And when we met, I was still, you know, maybe a little bit freewheeling, Uh, money would come in, money would go out. I was working a lot. I was doing all kinds of freelance projects and, 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 uh, really just maybe not taking the, um, uh, the the most care of my money. (laughs) And I remember him saying, you know, as we, as we combine our lives, as we combine our finances, we should really get a hold on that. And I was like, ew, no, (laughs) gross. No, 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 no. That does not sound fun. No, that sounds like something. I was like, no, because we're not. No, because no, I don't want to. And and that's something that's, you know, you only do that. You only have to budget if you don't have money. And I think that I have money now. Um, and by that, I just meant that, you know, I had stopped overdrawing my account. So that was my, that was my standard for do I have money? Like, I haven't been told I don't. 
So, um, so I think things are fine. And my brother, you know, uh, my little brother had discovered you need a budget, ynab.com. And he had gotten my sister into it. And my sister's, you know, the COO of a tech company. I was like, why does she care? And she's obsessed with it. And then I, I have this realization where I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually don't really know what my money does or where it goes. I have, you know, I have my savings that goes, you know, away, that kind of money, like mm-hmm. a, a, a separate retire or self-employed retirement IRA. Yes. I have that, that counts, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, but, but other than that, like, where does my money go? And we signed up for YNAB and I spent a weekend setting it up with my sister and importing all of our uh, transactions. And it's, you know, it's different from other budgeting apps because you can only budget the money that you have currently. You can't budget a future paycheck. You don't have it. Yeah. And I realized, oh my God, I am making 50% more than I was uh, before Aaron died. I, I rebuilt a career for myself, was making more money. thought like, oh, obviously I'm now I'm rich. And um, <laughs> I, I had, I, my money was they age your money, right? Like what's the average mm-hmm. amount of time that your money spends in your bank account before it's gone? Mine was negative. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I wasn't even living paycheck to paycheck. There was always money in my account, but I was putting things on a credit card, not really counting that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a shock to me. Such a shock. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? My money is negative four days old. It hasn't even been born yet. Like this has got to be wrong and did all the webinars. It was not wrong. Um, did, uh, got on, got on the phone with us, a, a, a representative, not wrong, not wrong. Uh, watched all the YouTube videos, still not wrong. Waited, you know, a couple weeks and uh, my money became one day old. Yay! And then, Yay. Um, which meant I was still living, not even paycheck to paycheck. There's one space. One, I had one day, paycheck, one day to paycheck. And that was so shocking to me because what I had not really looked at was the fact that I was, uh, all of that, that grief spending that I had done and all of that grief justification that I had done, um, had dug me into, into a different kind of debt than I'd had with Aaron. So I paid off those medical bills and I paid off a funeral and I had, you know, um, I had, I paid off, uh, not paid off my mortgage, but I paid, kept current with my mortgage. And I thought that's gotta be it. But meanwhile, all of those little dumb purchases, the things that I had to have that were now piled all over my home, um, they had added up to, uh, God, like $15,000 on, on wow. two different credit cards. And it's very easy to get there. And it is much harder to get out, much, yes. much harder. Um, but being able to see it allowed me to face it. Um, oh, I also did not count as debt or as anything. Uh, the fact that I bought a car that I didn't need, <laughs> that um, also the car did not reflect what I could afford. The car reflected what I thought I should be able to afford on my salary. <laughs> Not the same thing. <laughs> Not the same thing. Um, the car was impractical, dumb, had cream leather seats. What are Ooh. you talking about? You have children? Fancy. Like, what? What? <laughs> and my child immediately spilled a red Gatorade on them. So uh. it was it was just so impractical, but I was doing all of this 
strange mental math and mental gymnastics to justify the things that I was doing. And really what I was doing was just trying to self-soothe and trying to make myself feel better because something awful had happened and I hadn't dealt with it properly. And also like, I deserve this, right? I deserve it. I deserve it. And I feel now like what I deserve is just, um, I mean, I, 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 you don't deserve anything. Like (laughs) I, I have earned the things that I have, Mm -hmm. but also I, I, I don't need the things as much as I need the security for my family. Well, and you sold that expensive car, didn't you? I sold that car. I sold that car very fast. Um, I sold things from around our house. I did Mm -hmm. every single thing I could do to chip away at that balance and Mm -hmm. never let it accrue again. Was Um, it a tough decision to to build a savings? Yeah. No, I was like, no. once you see it and yeah. you, yeah. you know, it, it's like categorizing all of your old expenses mm-hmm. gives you a sense of where your money has gone mm-hmm. and then you can make choices. So it's, it's not the other budgeting tools that I've used in the past would just be, it's sort of like imaginary, like, well, I guess I'll spend this much on food. I guess I'll spend this much on something. And you don't think you're going to spend that much on food. And then you you look at the proof and you see, oh my God, we take our kids out to dinner, four kids out to dinner. And that is like a $100 night. Oh, That's easily. bonkers. Yeah. Easily. That's, and by the way, I'm talking noodles and company. I'm not talking like, <laughs> like I'm talking, I'm, I'm not talking table service. I'm talking, you basically, you, we just had our kids, you know, $100 of noodles yeah the cheapest food in the world so not even I, red we, lobster not even red lobster not even like a tgi friday not yeah. chilies we took them to noodles and company when yeah. you do that over and over it adds up and right. um and when you keep telling yourself like yes you you deserve this this new outfit you deserve this pair of shoes your kids deserve this stuff and i would i looked around and thought oh my God, none of this was what we needed. None of this was what I needed. This is not what I needed. So we did talk to our kids about, I know there's nobody, nobody has the answer of like how you should talk to your kids about money. But um, I I sat them down with, with Matthew, the bigger kids, the little ones obviously don't care that much, but I was like, we are going to start making some different choices with our money. Would you all rather be able to take a trip as a family or go out and eat noodles and company and they're like a a trip like okay so we're gonna have to make some some decisions on the things that we're doing and the things that we own and the things that we buy in the future and so we talk to our kids really I mean now about opportunity cost like you can yes you, you you could you could get this pair of shoes but if it comes down to it would you rather have this pair of shoes or would you rather put that money towards the trip that your whole class is taking? Yeah. Mm. Wow. wow. That's such a great way so, to put it on them and let them be a part of it and include them. And you're teaching them yeah. by doing this. Well, because nobody visualize. taught me. Yeah. Nobody no. taught me any of this stuff. Like nobody. And my parents, they worked out sometimes and sometimes it didn't. And that's kind of the attitude that I took with money was, you know, well, it's, you know, it'll be fine, I'm sure, or it won't be, but it eventually will be. It's a long tail game. And (laughs) I, (laughs) 
And I, I just um, really, really did not want that, want that for our kids. So it right. was a not fun year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so easy to get in debt and way, way more fun, by the way. You get things, you don't <laughs> think about anything. And then getting out of it was like, oh God, really yeah. this again? And you make this big payment on a credit card and it doesn't make a difference. Oh, <laughs> yeah, first, you're course. thinking, come on, mm-hmm. it's still $8,000, but I just right. paid, like, just gave you money. Yeah. How yeah. is this all happening? Those like, oh, come in. <laughs> all those pending charges come in. So we stopped using those completely and mm-hmm. living within the money that you actually have. Again, mm-hmm. this is things that I'm sure maybe someone did try to teach me at some point. Um, that was way, it was, it was way less fun. I got to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. way less fun. Mm-hmm. And I started to think of everything in increments of um, our debt. Like, mm-hmm. do I like this enough to add to that debt? And most of the time it was like, no, yeah. no. Like yeah. truly we have everything we need. That was yep. a huge realization. Like we have everything we need, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. There's not a single need of ours that we don't have right now. And we, we don't need more debt. <laughs> we don't need more debt. I don't need, I don't need another pair of boots. I don't need another mm-hmm. winter coat. I live in Minnesota. I had acquired, drum roll please, like 21 <laughs> winter coats of various weights and, and right. usages. I was like, well, this one is, you know, is a bracelet length that's vintage. This yeah. one is. Then you got to have a puffer that really keeps you warm. Got to have a a hundred percent. You have a midweight. You have a shorter one when you need more movement. This one is for running. This one's for, you know, snowshoeing. It was so bonkers and silly. And I, uh, I couldn't even remember. I think the saddest thing is like, look at those statements and not even remember like what I had bought, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. seeing that number yep. and thinking it was that important. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and that realization is so powerful. Like, and that's, I mean, going into Christmas this past or whatever past Christmas, um, you know, talking to my parents, you know, every year, like I love opening presents. It's fun, but like, you know, I feel like it's just, we, we get it, we get presents just to open them and, you know, half the things are either returned or they're just sitting on our, you know, mantles or just like accruing just so much clutter. And, you know, this year we decided to not do presents and just enjoy our time together. And that was way more, you know, a gift Meaningful. for me. Yes, exactly. Than, yes. than anything. So, and it's true. Like we're very, you know, fortunate to have the basic necessities. Like we don't need all the, we get so involved with, you know, stuff, stuff. Yeah. So stuff. And it feels good to give other people things. I think yes. it's a love language for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, people really, they don't need it. Yeah. They don't need it. And that's, I think uh, people struggle with what to do with their kids mm-hmm. as far as gifts go. And we, we told our kids this too. When I, when I met Matthew, this, the strangest thing is that Aaron and I had lived, you know, like a pretty modest life, I would mm-hmm. say out of maybe just necessity and maybe just, um, you know, we, we were very, conscious of the things that we did and did not buy for, for mm-hmm. Ralph, our son. And so, and th- that we didn't want him to have a lot of things. And I told Matthew that, and you know, when you're blending a family, he's like, Oh, you know, I don't know how that's going to go. They kind yeah. of are used to like these big holidays. Yeah. Well, now it's been, 
you know, four Christmases together and they know exactly how we do it. There's no mm-hmm. resentment. There's no, you know, uh, there's no confusion. It's you will get, you'll get four gifts. Mm-hmm. That's what you'll get. You'll get something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. I didn't make it up. Oh, I found that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's great though. I love that. And it, it just works. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that, that makes, that makes sense. Like that's, that's pretty much all you need. Mm-hmm. It's four things. And, and beyond that, um, it's all, it all just ends up being too much, especially for little kids. Like mm-hmm. having a lot of belongings is actually kind of stressful for them and getting a lot of objects is pretty stressful for them. Yeah. So, um, so I feel pretty, pretty strongly about that. But, yeah. um, yeah, but the holidays are, you know, we had a we had a set budget in our wine nab. Uh mm-hmm. so I knew uh every time we bought a gift how how much money we had left to buy mm-hmm. other gifts. And there was some left over and we could make um a, a big donation to a nonprofit that we love. So Amazing. that's uh and that's something that we can do as a family mm-hmm. and then and we can make those choices together. Now right. you know, if one of the kids is like, Oh, why don't you get me some AirPods instead. No, like, (laughs) no, thank you for your input, but no. (laughs) Well, you have talked a lot about both money and dying. Which one do you think makes people more uncomfortable to talk about? Ooh, ooh, Um, probably money. Really? Uh, But they're so entwined. They really are. Mm -hmm. Like, because, uh, you know, people die in debt, people die Mm -hmm. and leave money and it tears families apart. Mm -hmm. Being sick is so expensive. And then you'll lose your person. And then, oh my gosh, I still have to pay these bills though. Yeah. And, and so I do find a lot of connection between them. And then there's this other layer where if somebody dies and does have life insurance and has, has planned that for their family, there's a lot of guilt and shame around that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension with family. Well, like you can afford this. Why don't you share it with us? Why don't you do yeah. this? And you you would think, oh gosh, mm-hmm. no one, no one's going to do that. But we do. It's, yeah. it, it's this, I don't, I don't know what it is about, about money that makes it so difficult for, uh, for, for us to be our best selves around mm-hmm. it. But, um, but it, 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 it scares me. <laughs> it scares yeah. me the kinds of things that I've, that I've been through and that I've watched other people go through. Right. So I feel, um, yeah. I Oof. mean, it split Oof. families yeah. apart when there's too much of it and they're fighting over it. It yeah. split them apart. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. And you're, and you think yeah. of and these people yeah. that need it to survive and you're yeah. like, there's people over here that need it to survive and y'all are just fighting over it for excess. Yeah. And it's crazy for excess. It really is. It's hard to, it's hard to watch other people go through that. And it's Mm -hmm. also hard to feel like it's not somehow, you know, something that you've done wrong, but it isn't. So um, I think we got to, obviously got to talk about death, got to talk about, got to talk about money. And I think that uh, people underestimate, how how connected those two things are mm-hmm. exactly oh definitely. well that's why i was so excited when you said you had come on the show um because it was like oh yeah i just this? realized i talked a lot so i'm sorry if you had <laughs> oh, like you know, a plan or anything else you need <laughs> no to this cover. is perfect <laughs> i also just wanted to thank you for you know the work that you do you create such a, an incredible and safe space for 
all of your you know guests to come on and share their stories. And I honestly, I'll be honest, and it's been a tough podcast for me to listen to because I'm a very <laughs> empathetic person and I feel all the feelings. And so I have to go into like these podcasts with like a right mindset. Um, but I just am so oh, yeah. inspired by me your too. podcast. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to th- thank you for the, cause it's just really inspiring and, and powerful to, you know, share those stories. And, you know, I go- went into my line of work as a photographer because I love meeting people and knowing their stories and sharing them. So it's just, I don't know. I just love it and love everything that you're doing. And so I just wanted to. Well, thank and you. She, I love how your show uh, leaves space, mm-hmm. actual quiet space when there's yeah. difficult things, because it's like, it's y'all recognize that everyone needs the time to process what they just heard because it's big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's serious yeah. and heavy and, and y'all do such a great job. I always refer everyone to your podcast to listen to for great mm-hmm. editing, great stories, all of the things yeah. that I said in the beginning. So I won't yeah. repeat thank you mm-hmm. yeah so we always like to wrap up every episode with two questions the first one being what is your definition of success Ooh. oh man I wish I would have heard this before and I would have come up with something really deep <laughs> um, I think that success is 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 being happy with what you've done and it's a tough one it's a tough one we can give you a minute to think about it if you want to get your answer together yeah I think that well I here's the thing I would always assume that success was some sort of like destination and I would know when Mm -hmm. I got there yes but I know myself well enough to uh, have learned that that's absolutely um, not the case. And most Mm -hmm. people, if you ask them, like, do you feel successful? Uh, Especially people that you think, well, well, no, duh, they'll, they'll say yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll say, they'll say no. And not Mm -hmm. because they haven't done enough, but because they haven't let themselves metabolize their their accomplishments like in yeah. a real and tangible way mm-hmm. and i think that's been very true for for me mm-hmm. is that i could never just feel happy for uh, for myself or mm-hmm. feel like anything that i'd done had any um i don't know like was enough was enough yeah. for who for who knows like i don't know yeah. that there had to be some sort of uh, some sort of metric that i was not mm-hmm. a that I was not hitting and I would know when I got there, like a bell would ring, I would be given like a certificate of some kind. Yeah. And I think more, it, it's not just being, when I say it's being happy with what you've done, it, I don't mean like being, I don't mean that as in complacency. I don't mean right. that as in, um, I mean like stop you know, not, trying. Not, no, I think it's really just to like a, an appreciation mm-hmm. of, of what your life has done and what you've done with your life. And it's very hard for, I think women especially Mm -hmm. to give themselves that, that grace and to say to themselves, you know what? I really, I did, I did good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did good. I did well. And, and I can be, I can be happy with that. And I had a brief moment 
recipient of that feeling recently. And I have to say that is the most successful I have ever felt. Wow. Nice. What was that moment, if you don't mind sharing? It was at, it was recently, we were just on um, our, our family's uh, once yearly trip. We go down to uh, Arizona and visit uh, my husband, Aaron's family. And uh, I was laying in bed with my current husband and I was talking about um, not, not even about a specific accomplishment because I always thought, well, if I can, if I can publish a book, well, then I'll be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, mm, uh, mm, but, but will that book be a New York times bestseller? <laughs> well, you know, if I could only, if I could only do this, then I'll know, then I'll yeah. know. And we were, we were, we were just talking about nothing of consequence about just a basic part of our life. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I said, we have a really good life. Like mm-hmm. we do a good job. Yes. And I thought like, that's, I, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Not because I did a specific thing, not because I had a TED talk, not because I got, you know, nominated for some award. Mm -hmm. No, like we just have like everything that we have together as a family, that's enough. Yes. And if I had to go and, you know, just work a, work a regular job and, and, and whatever, that would be, that would be great. That would be fine because Mm -hmm. we have the things that we need. Yes. And, and we're, and we're doing a, a pretty good job with our kids, which knock on wood, that's like the one thing, you know, people don't want to talk about three things like death, money, and also like how hard it is to raise kids. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Our last yeah. question, uh, three words that come to mind when you think about money, mm. just right off the top of your head. Oh my God. A first, the first word that came to my mind was uh, stress. The second love it, word love uh, was anxiety. And the third word was guilt. So <laughs> uh, am I fixed yet? No. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. Where Can you just tell us where everybody can find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, on online, uh, online, just online. Just Google me, Nora <laughs> McInerney, M-C-I-N-E-R-N-Y. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Nora Borealis. My podcast is Terrible Thanks for Asking. And um, I think that's it. Those are the main. Yeah. Those, oh, and right. my business is still kicking, stillkicking.co. Yes. yes. So you can check we'll us out. put all those links Get on. a t-shirt for somebody. Yes, yeah. definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nora. This has been so much fun. I knew it would be a great um, opportunity to share how a death and money is related. And it, you, you came through like a champ, of course. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for your patience, for scheduling, and also for waiting for me to dial into a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Anything. I know your schedule's crazy. Oh, we're doing big it. things in 2020. Uh, <laughs> making phone calls. Making phone calls. <laughs> I yep. mean, hey, yep. most people aren't even going back to work till next week, so I think we're all ahead exactly. of the game here. Yeah. We yeah. really are. We really are. Good job, team. <laughs> we've, ju- we've really jumped on it. I was like floored you when you were going to be available today, so good job. See good job. The- year. Okay. All right. Bye everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Okay. You all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review and might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.